In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do you remember the first time as a child that you went to eat at an all-you-can-eat buffet? As adults, it's not so appealing. Quality is most often preferred to quantity. But as a child, those places were like a dream come true. No more were your choices limited to what your mom was cooking in the kitchen. And never again would you hear those words, those dreaded words. You'll eat that. You'll like it or you won't eat at all. No, the buffet was a magical place. The choices seemed limitless. Start out with a little pizza and then a taco or two, maybe finish off with a little steak, and then some hot peach cobbler with some soft serve ice cream. Doesn't get any better than that a limitless supply of good things to eat as a child. Trouble's gone, no cooking, no dishes to wash, no cleanup, no, not a worry about what comes next. Just being in that glorious moment of total gastral satisfaction. <coughs> now it's strange But some people saw Jesus just that way. Our gospel reading that I just finished immediately follows Jesus feeding the 5,000 on the mountainside, feeding them with a few loaves and a few dried fishes. Jesus fed the crowd until they were absolutely full and there were basket after basket after basket of leftovers. And in a time and in a culture where people lived hand to mouth, the miracle of this feeding meant providence. It meant stability in their lives. It meant relief of that daily hunger which they experienced. Physical hunger. In fact, the people were so excited at the prospect of Jesus that they wanted to drag him down to Jerusalem and plop a crown on his head and declare him king so that they could enjoy this giver of bread whenever they wanted to. But you know what? They missed the point. Jesus didn't come to bring bread. Jesus came to be bread. And this, my brothers and sisters, is the famous Bread of Life discourse in chapter 6 of the Gospel of John. It's where Jesus turns the crowd's focus from the physical bread that satisfies hunger to the true life-giving bread that brings eternal life himself. He is the bread of life that satisfies all of our needs 
in this life and the next. But the people that were following him didn't get it. They wanted to see another miraculous sign betraying their misunderstanding. They were, it was almost as if they were trying to coax Jesus into giving them more food. Jesus didn't miss the opportunity to, to teach them. And this discourse, in this discourse, he talks about how being hungry for the wrong things can make you even emptier inside. Now sometimes, sometimes food can serve a greater purpose than simply filling the stomach. Think about it. When you and your loved ones, your family and your friends are gathered around the Thanksgiving table tomorrow, what are you celebrating? Are you celebrating the, the bird, the life of the bird that's in the center of the table? I don't think so. Or how great the, the stuffing is? No, not a chance. You're celebrating God's great bounty that he has given us. You're celebrating the gift of your friends and family that gather around the table. They're eating with you. And while food can serve a greater purpose, the people following Jesus didn't get it. John, who writes this discourse of Jesus' life, he got it right in his prologue. That's the beginning of his gospel, where he said, The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Clearly, these 5,000 people who were fed did not understand the significance, did not understand that the miracle was not primarily about food at all. It was about a God who makes promises and then keeps them. It's about a God who provides. And Jesus uses the physical reality of food to draw their focus away, away from the temporary, away from the perishable, and put it on the eternal. But a good number of them still miss the point. And if we are really being honest, we would admit that we have no right to be so hard on these people for missing the point. It's not like any of us haven't missed a point or two along the way. And like them, it comes so naturally that, that we want to, we'd like to have things that make our lives more comfortable. And in that pursuit... In that process, we leave the bread of life tucked away in the pantry. While we're looking for something more appetizing to satiate our human hunger, we push aside the bread of life so that we can pursue a career. So that we can give our kids and our grandkids opportunities that we never had even if those very opportunities take them away from worship, from family devotion and Christian fellowship, 
And perhaps what is most embarrassing is that if we honestly consider it, if we honestly consider all that we have put ahead of Jesus in our priorities, it's a little embarrassing to say how little that we settled for. A full refrigerator, paid bills, a few extra dollars. Is that what we work for? An extra hour of sleep on Sunday morning because we stayed up to watch the finish of the football game. Or maybe we watched a couple extra episodes of Yellowstone. instead of the life-giving gospel on Sunday morning. My brothers and sisters, there is a reason why people who eat at the Golden Corral or at the Old Country Buffet eventually find their way back into their own kitchens and that the satisfaction doesn't last because it can't. When we try to satisfy our hunger with food or with things that, are, that spoil or are temporary, we'll end up feeling emptier inside and need even more to satiate ourselves. Now, after Jesus was teaching the crowd for a while, they came up with the million-dollar question. What must we do? to do the works that God requires. If it's all about me, what do I have to do to get this eternal food? I'm paraphrasing, obviously. If it's all about me, what do I have to do? It's a natural question. A very human question. Because as we think in our own human minds, it's a give and take. I have to do something in order to get something. I do my part, God does his part, right? <clears throat> but they missed the most important part of what Jesus was telling them. And that is about what the Son of Man gives. That's not a paraphrase. This isn't about what we do. It's about what God does. The work of God is this. To believe in the one he has sent. That's Jesus' answer. They want something complicated. It's not. To believe in the one that he has sent. You see, when it comes to satisfaction, when it comes to fulfillment that lasts for an eternity, it's not about us, but about what God does and what he gives, the eternal bread of life, the eternal life that comes with Jesus. This is the gift that God gives to us. And faith, our faith, is just the manner in which we receive that gift. The bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life. Jesus is the ultimate source of that life. 
He is total sustenance, total satisfaction. Also in the Gospel of John, Jesus said, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. The one who didn't own any land, the one who didn't live in the lap of luxury, the, the, the teacher who didn't have a pile of money or even two small coins to rub together, speaks to you and I as the one who is able to give us literally everything and especially eternal life. He can give us clothes, shoes, food, drink, house, home, all that we need or can imagine. And he wants us to use those things, to use that bounty that we're going to experience tomorrow around the table in each and every day in this great country. He wants us to use those temporary blessings to point to point to his eternal gift, to make you mindful of his eternal gift. Jesus gave up all things, even to his death, so that he could give us everything. And in chapter 4 in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, My food... He's talking about his own food at this point. He says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. That will, the will of God, was to have Jesus live in perfect trust of the Father. Because he knew that we wouldn't. It was that will of God for Jesus to resist the putting off of his own temporary needs. Remember he asked on that last night in the garden that the cup pass from him. But then he said, no, I will do the Father's will. Putting off his own temporary needs ahead of our eternal needs. That's what Jesus did for us. Because he knew we couldn't. That Jesus would always keep himself focused was the Father's will. Because he knew that we wouldn't. That Jesus would go to the cross and give up all. So he could give us everything. That, my brothers and sisters, that was the food that satisfied and sustained Jesus. Saving us. Jesus' sustenance was suffering and death and resurrection for us. In a society looking for fulfillment in temporal things. All of us, we could work, toil, scrimp, scrape for food that perishes. We could spend our entire lives in service 
of the idols of stability or security and only end up with food that spoils. God rejoices to provide us our daily needs, our daily bread. But he wants us to see in all of his gifts the one gift that eternally matters. He wants us to see Jesus Christ, the bread of life. God wants us to see his greatest blessing, which is Christ himself, God revealed. In the water of our baptism, we are connected to Jesus. In the bread of our wine, in the bread and wine of our Eucharist, Jesus feeds us with his body and blood for our forgiveness. Through those simple means, Christ is giving himself to us, and he will give himself to us tonight at this communion rail. The goodness and grace of God that is ours is through Jesus Christ. Be thankful in all things, my brothers and sisters. As we enjoy our meals and our family, let us be thankful for the things that point. Let us be reminded that they point to the greatest gift of all, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.